you guys wanted another conspiracy episode, and here we are back again with another conspiracy theory episode, except this one really isn't a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy truth. It's a conspiracy truth. It's been proven, you guys. And it's so crazy that it sounds like it has to be fake, but it's not fake, and it's actually one of my favorites to talk about because it's just crazy that this happened. And what we're talking about is MK Ultra. So if you haven't heard about it, Sit back, buckle up, because it's pretty freaking wild. I'm just so happy that everybody likes the conspiracy theories Me just too. as much as us. Me like, you too. guys should see our DMs. You guys want more, you're interested, and it's fun and entertaining for you. Yeah, I mean, because like we've said before, talking about mommy stuff can be, you know, we're kind of over it at the end of the week. When our Sundays are our time together. Like, let's talk about crazy secrets let's talk about conspiracy theories true crime we'll get there we'll get there so just hold tight but today's mk ultra one i think you're gonna enjoy if you like this type of stuff and even if you don't i think everyone should know about this because it's a truth because it's a truth this really happened with our government here in the united states yes i think it's important to know though like when the cia was formed so i'm gonna tell you right now we're getting a lot of this information from the cia.gov and from history.com so this isn't just pulled out of our ass (laughs) yes And some of it we want to read because it's important to get it perfect. Accurate. Accurate. So like all government agencies, the CIA was not created overnight and functioning at full capacity the following morning. In fact, there were various renditions of intelligent agencies for six years prior to the formal establishment of the Central Intelligence Agency. At the beginning of World War II, America's first intelligence organization was created. That organization moved and morphed and changed names before President Truman signed the National Security Act of 1947, creating a permanent central intelligence agency. So you got in 1941, there was the Office of the Coordination of the Information, which was COI. Then in 1942, you had the Office of Strategic Services, which was the OSS. 1945 was the Strategic Services Unit. And then in 1946 was the Central Intelligence Group, which was the CIG. And then it wasn't until 1947 that it became the Central Intelligence Agency, which we know as the CIA. Which we still have now. Which we still have today. So that was created, established in 1947. It's important to know because MKUltra was very soon after that. MKUltra was a top-secret CIA project in which the agency conducted hundreds of clandestine experiments, sometimes to unwitting U.S. citizens, to assess the potential use of LSD and other drugs for mind control, information gathering, and psychological torture. Though Project MKUltra lasted from 1953 until about 1973, details of the illicit program didn't become public until 1975 during a congressional investigation into the widespread illegal CIA activities with the United States and around the world. The events of Project MKUltra are cloaked in mystery as almost all of the records of the project were destroyed in 1973 by Richard Helms, the director of the CIA at the time. Several boxes of records were subsequently uncovered in 1977, revealing sparse but important information regarding the nature of the experiments. Most of the information regarding the project comes from these files that were recovered and from the Senate hearings that were held and which included interviews from former CIA employees involved in MKUltra. During the hearings, these members admitted to the purpose of the project as well as the unethical nature of several of the experiments. 
Media outlets in the 1960s and 70s jumped on the story when it was revealed, sensationalizing facts. This, combined with the few records that are still in existence, make up the truth surrounding MKUltra murky. Despite the shrouded nature of the project and the hazy details surrounding it, it is certain that unethical experiments were performed at many institutions, including McGill University. So I think it's important to know that a lot of the people in these projects had no idea they were even part of it, which is insane. Yeah. And it started in 1953 and the CIA was formed in 1947, was it? So it's five or six years after the CIA was formed, they're already starting to do these experiments. And how long did it last? Like 20 years? So till 73, yeah. So 22 years the CIA was doing these experiments without people knowing. And then it wasn't until 75 that it became public knowledge that this was even going on. So our government was experimenting on us unknowingly for 22 years. And it was mostly in the United States, but I think some of it was in Canada as well, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. The project involved more than 150 human experiments involving psychedelic drugs, paralytics, and electroshock therapy. Sometimes the test subjects knew they were participating in the study, but at times they had no idea, even when the hallucinations started to take effect. If you don't know you're on drugs... Can you imagine? Could you imagine? Like, you don't know you're on drugs and you start feeling the effects of it? Because you're not in your right mind. You're not thinking, oh, I might be on drugs. Yes. You're just thinking, I'm losing my effing mind. Well, because part of being on drugs is too, is like preparing, you know it's about to take effect, just to be like... What the fuck's happening You need right to now. accept that you're about to trip. Mm-hmm. You go into it knowing I'm on a drug, I'm in a safe place. Yep. Like, I could never imagine doing it. It's uh, terrifying. That is terrifying. So many of the tests were conducted at universities, hospitals, or prisons in the United States and Canada. Most of these took place between 1953 and 1964, but it's not clear how many people were involved in the test. The agency kept notoriously poor records and destroyed most of MKUltra documents when the program was officially halted in 1973. So we do know a lot about it, but there's so much that we don't know, which is crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. what don't we know? So Mm -hmm. once we tell you some of the things that took place that we do know about... I my mind always goes to oh my god this was this sounds wild but what the fuck happened that we don't know about because if what we know about is the tip of the iceberg there's mm-hmm. has to be way more worse stuff going on yeah. that is why they destroyed the evidence and the fact that so many people didn't know that they were involved in it how many people went on with the rest of their life not knowing mm-hmm. how many people go back and think about times that maybe they went crazy and who knows what the long lasting effects were and they still don't know that it was because they were actually a subject to MK Ultra. Yeah. Well, some people have come out and wondered if, yeah. if their memories and things that happened to them were part of this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, once we finish this, we can talk about it more, but I still think that similar stuff is going on today, to be honest. The project began as an attempt by the U.S. to devise mind control and interrogation techniques following the Korean War. American soldiers were returning home seemingly brainwashed, disillusioned with American values, and overtaken by communist thoughts. The CIA began to believe that foreign powers possessed methods of mind control that had allowed them to brainwash American prisoners of war. We have become pretty well convinced after the experiments of the brainwashing problems coming out of China that it was the techniques of the interrogators that were causing the individuals to make confessions said John Gittinger, a CIA psychologist, in a testimony from a 1977 Joint Senate hearing. The CIA was initially interested in discovering a truth serum. 
At the time, many believed in the possibility of a drug to use in interrogations that would eliminate all inhibitions and prompt subjects to speak without reticence. The CIA first experimented with the use of LSD with little luck and later delved into different types of psychotherapy and hypnosis in the hopes of discovering the secret of mind control. So as we mentioned, there were hundreds of different subprojects within MKUltra. So we're going to start with the one that involves Dr. Cameron Ewan, who was a psychiatrist who experimented on his patients with things like psychological and medical torture and experimental drugs without his patients' informed consent. Out of the research and experiments that were undertaken within hospitals and laboratories, those that, that took place at McGill, known as MKUltra Subproject 68, were perhaps the most notorious. Dr. Donald Ewan Cameron was the head of McGill's Allen Memorial Institute when the experiments were performed, and the main researcher implicated in the project. According to information from the 1977 Senate hearing, most of the researchers and doctors involved in Project MKUltra, including Cameron, were not informed on the project or of the fact that the funds for the research originated from the spy agency. In order to conceal the source of money, the CIA created research foundations, such as the Human Ecology Fund, to act as fronts for their funneling MKUltra research funds. The CIA then worked through such organizations to target researchers with projects that were of interest to them in developing techniques of interrogation or human behavior control. For the CIA, Cameron's research was potentially the answer they had been looking for. So now let's talk about Dr. Donald Ewan Cameron in more detail. Cameron was a leading figure in psychiatric research and was working as a professor in Albany when he was invited to Montreal to become the first director of the recently founded Allen Memorial Institute, which housed the psychiatric department of the Royal Victoria Hospital and was affiliated with McGill University. Cameron's research was focused on discovering the root causes of mental illness and finding ways to cure them. He believed that the man manifestation of mental illness, specifically schizophrenia, was the result of repeated patterns of socially unhealthy behavior in patients and concluded that it could be cured by depatterning these unsound habits. The depatterning was meant to break down the patient's personality completely in order to rebuild it from scratch. According to the Canadian government, approximately 80 patients at the Allen Memorial Institute underwent depatterning. The treatment involved putting patients into a prolonged period of sleep for several days through the administration of barbiturates and LSD. This was followed by massive doses of electroshock therapy over the course of several weeks, ultimately reducing patients to a childlike state. The method consisted essentially of the administration of two to four electroshocks daily to the point where the patient developed acute confusion, disorientation, and interference with learned habits of eating and bladder and bowel control. Cameron wrote in an article published in the journal, Comprehensive Psychiatry in 1962. The patient may also show loss of second language or all knowledge of his marital status. So people would go in with like, you know, depression or other issues and then they they would come out not being able to talk not, not even being, be able to control their bowel movements going back to a childlike state that is insane yeah once patients brains were depatterned cameron believed that they would be able to be retaught proper forms of interaction and behavior this practice which cameron dubbed psychic driving involved 
subjecting patients to repeated audio recordings in order to reinforce positive messages within their minds. Patients would typically be sedated with muscular paralytic drugs using this process, and they could be exposed to hundreds of thousands of repetitions of a single statement throughout the treatment. Even in the 1950s and 60s, when the experiments were conducted, the practices utilized by Cameron were extreme. Electroshock therapy was commonly used at the time to treat depression. Patients would typically receive the treatment two or three times a week. Cameron's administration of electroshock to patients multiple times a day over long periods of time, however, was undoubtedly outside of the norm. He was an authoritarian, ruthless, power-hungry, nervous, tense, angry, and not very nice. Dr. Elliot Emanuel, one of Cameron's former colleagues, said of the doctor in a 1980 interview with CBC. Whether or not Cameron believed that his physically and psychologically devastating treatments were helping to cure his patient's mental illness is up for debate, but the unethical nature of his treatment methods is apparent. And I have read some things about that even further, saying that some of the things that were, the audio that was repeated to them, some of it was like really sketchy stuff, like very depressing things. So they're saying this trying to help people with depression. That is torture. Mm-hmm. Having to listen to the same thing over and over again. And from what I've read, some of them were not good things. It wasn't like happy music or anything. It's just that is complete torture to these people who went in looking for help too. It's just insane to I know. me. Although the norms of experimentation and research were different during the time that Cameron was undertaking these treatments, there is evidence that he was aware of the immoral nature of his actions. Cameron attended the Nuremberg trials following World War II, which tried German doctors for war crimes committed in concentration camps. Many of the accusations put forward at the trials involved allegations of unethical research on unconsenting subjects within the camps. Cameron was therefore well acquainted the necessity of information, consent, and experimentation and research on human subjects. He actively denounced the atrocities committed by the German doctors during the war and supported the Nuremberg Code, which laid out specific rules about what was legal when conducting human experiments. Since then, even more standards have been put into place governing research on human subjects. The Belmont Report outlined the basic principles for ethics review for the ethics boards. Respect for persons, beneficence, and justice. All the research guidelines and regulations today are founded on these three principles. It was not until the 1980s that Cameron's patients began to come forward, stating that they had been subjected to extreme and unusual forms of psychotherapy, including the processes that Cameron described as depatterning and psychic driving. All of the patients who were alleged victim of Cameron's practices reported devastating mental and physical results for years to come. Mm -hmm. Many recounted extreme memory loss, feelings of isolation, anxiety, and no improvement of their initial conditions. Several patients filed lawsuits against the Canadian government to receive compensation for the harms that were inflicted by the procedures. The Canadian government was initially reluctant to provide settlements for Cameron's patients, rejecting several appeals for the compensation by victims. Um, But following settlements by the U.S., as well as impetus by the public to acknowledge the harms done, the Canadian government finally agreed to provide compensation on compassionate and humanitarian grounds beginning in the late 
1980s. When settlements were at last accorded, the government did not acknowledge legal responsibility for the experiments, even though reports state that the Canadian government also funded part of Cameron's work. In the end, Cameron's patients were given the right to $100,000 in restitution as part of the Allen Memorial Institute Depatterned Persons Assistant Plan. The lawsuits were an important victory in the public acknowledgement of the personal damages that resulted from the experimentation of Project MK Ultra. However, the incident was largely swept under the rug without being thoroughly recognized by the Canadian government or by McGill. Senators at the joint hearing on Project MKUltra in 1977 discussed the role of universities in housing the research for the project and what implications this would have on their reputations and those other research involved. There were some disagreement over whether the CIA should inform the universities implicated in the project. However, they concluded that scientists who had unwittingly taken part in MKUltra research should be informed of this fact. With regards to the universities, the senators from the 1977 hearing decided that presidents of all universities involved should be notified of their involvement in the project in order to take the appropriate steps to adapt research procedures and ensure that such events did not recur in the future. The committee concluded that the information incriminating the universities would be widely circulated in the media and that the universities should be given the adequate information to know the truth about what was being reported. There were also concerns about how this information would affect the reputations of the universities. Senators and ex-members of the CIA disagreed on whether or not presidents of the implicated universities should be prompted to publicly disclose the truth regarding their involvement in the project. The committee present at the hearing ultimately decided that the presidents of all the universities involved should be informed and that it would be up to them to disclose the information to the public or not. Unsurprisingly, university presidents have not been eager to disclose or discuss the information publicly, as it represents dark and troubling parts of their institution histories. McGill archives provide no mention of Cameron's involvement in Project MKUltra, instead focusing simply on his high reputation in the psychiatric field. There are bleak aspects of the McGill history. Abuses, abuses of power combined with changing social contexts and ethical standards have grown over time into nightmarish stories of our university's path. Only by acknowledging and disclosing path, past wrongdoings will we be able to reconcile and learn from these mistakes. The CIA began to experiment with LSD under the direction of agency chemist and poison expert Sidney Gottlieb. He believed the agency could harness the drug's mind-altering properties for brainwashing or psychological torture. Under the Project MKUltra, the CIA began to fund studies at Columbia University, Stanford University, and other colleges on the effects of the drug. After a series of tests, the drug was deemed too unpredictable for use in counterintelligence. MKUltra also included experiments with MDMA, which is ecstasy, uh, mescaline, heroin, barbiturates, methamphetamine, and psilocybin, which is magic, magic mushrooms. mushrooms. Which, I mean, I tripped hard on magic mushrooms once, and it was scary. And you so, have a story. Like, have you a story. and Logan tripped together, and we're seeing the same thing. And I was freaking out. So I can only imagine if I was, like, slipped that without knowing. I would have probably had, like, a heart attack. It would insane. Because I almost had one knowing that it was coming. Well, I even think about, I've shared it before, the time that I did um, a DMT. Mm-hmm. That, knowing I was going into a DMT trip, 
was still the most insane experience of my life. Mm-hmm. I could not imagine if I wondered why I went into that. Like, thinking that maybe my own mind did that alone would be a trip. And it's crazy that, like, they had doctors that were involved with this. Mm-hmm. And they were doing this at universities. I was just to say that. It's, like, Columbia, Stanford. These are huge universities. Insane. It's the CIA, the government, like, don't ask questions. Just, okay, we're yeah, doing it. I know, right? So then Operation Midnight Climax. This one is probably one of my favorites to talk about because it's so crazy. Yeah? So Operation Midnight Climax was an MK Ultra project in which government-employed prostitutes lured unsuspecting men to CIA safe houses where drug experiments took place. This is one of my favorites, too. I mm-hmm. just remembered what this is. Yes. <laughs> yes, this is so good. So the CIA dosed the men with LSD and then, while at times drinking cocktails behind a two-way mirror, watched the drugs effects of the men's behavior. Recording devices were installed in the prostitute's room disguised as electrical outlets. Most of the Operation Midnight Climax experiments took place in San Francisco and Marin County, California, and in New York City. The program had little oversight, and the CIA agents involved admitted that a freewheeling, party-like atmosphere prevailed. An agent named George White wrote to Gottlieb in 1971, Of course, I was a very minor missionary, actually a heretic, but I toiled wholeheartedly in the vineyards because it was fun, fun, fun. Where else could a red-blooded American boy lie, kill, and cheat, steal, deceive, rape, and pillage with the sanction and blessing of the all highest. So that, if you really take apart what that agent George White said, is of course that he took place. Like he was able to get away with raping and cheating and murdering Mm -hmm. with the approval from the all highest, meaning the U.S. government. Yes. This one's so crazy too because like they they used prostitutes for this mm-hmm. which easy easy target hey mm-hmm. get these men in here they paid the, the prostitutes mm-hmm. as well um and then they had the prostitutes drug these men mm-hmm. and they just watched this happen what is the what is the meaning of this who like who approved this this is insane and it was going on all over it wasn't just one little place it was mm-hmm. california new york so it was across the country and these men are getting drugged have no idea what's going on and what are they going to do who are they going to go tell what are they going to say Oh, I was with a prostitute, and now I feel, like, drugged up, you know? Yeah. So... And they don't know the big picture. They think maybe a prostitute drugged them. They don't yeah. think the, the CIA is behind a, a glassed window drinking cocktails and watching me trip balls. Can you imagine what those CIA agents were, like, probably sitting back, enjoying the show, probably being disgusting, mm-hmm. probably laughing? Well, they're watching them have sex and, and, and like, lose their freaking mind, like, and you're okay with it? Gosh, how, can you imagine, like, those men, so they had no idea they were being watched I know. during this. I know, it's Insane. crazy. By the government, no mm-hmm. less. Yeah. Insane. So just knowing that, too, like... It's insane to me that the government dr- got prostitutes to do the dirty work for them, to drug these men, while they just sat back and watched. And, excuse me, isn't prostitution illegal? Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, you were finding these prostitutes. You weren't arresting them. Instead, you were, you know, probably being like, you have to do this or you're getting arrested. Yeah, exactly. You know? What are the, what are the prostitutes going to say? No. I know. They're getting paid to do it. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. I think that quote is really crazy, though. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that it's worded just makes me feel like that person was out of their mind. And like, that the person... way that it's worded, of course, I was a very minor missionary, actually a heretic, but I toiled har- wholeheartedly in the vineyards because it was fun, fun, fun. Creep. 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 And, and this then... man was in the freaking CIA, which, you know, when you watch movies and stuff, you hold them at such, like, a high place. And now that I've read so much about the CIA, they're actually kind of terrifying. 
Sorry, if they're listening. Don't kill I mean, us. yeah, please don't kill us. <laughs> I'll say it now. I'm not suicidal. Yeah, seriously. I love my life. This next story about uh, something that happened with MKUltra is pretty interesting, too. So it's the death of Frank Olson. Frank Olson was a scientist who worked for the CIA. At a 1953 CIA retreat, Olson drank a cocktail that had been secretly spiked with LSD. I know that it was like a, it was a retreat. So it was like a lot of boys, you know, out mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere at some retreat. And so drinking cocktails makes sense. Um, but a few days later, on November 28th, 1953, Olson tumbled to his death from the window of the New York City hotel room in alleged suicide. But I do know before that happened, he was feeling out of it. He, mm-hmm. he confided into his buddies that were there with mm-hmm. him saying he felt a little bit off. Um, and I believe, I don't know if it's, no, it's not in this. Uh, one of the buddies who actually poured the drink, I believe it was him, was with him in this New York City hotel room. And so what I believe is that that man probably pushed him out. And he didn't commit suicide. He mm-hmm. was probably pushed out of the hotel room family of Frank Olson decided to have a second autopsy performed in 1994. A forensic team found injuries on the body that had likely occurred before the fall. Mm -hmm. So that means he was probably killed and then pushed out. The findings sparked conspiracy theories that Olson might have been assassinated by the CIA. After prolonged legal proceedings, Olson's family was awarded a settlement of $750,000 and received a personal apology from President Gerald Ford and then CIA Director William Colby. Uh, I do know, too, there's also this CIA document. Um, it's black and white. It's I've read it on the CIA's, um, like, through their documents that they have released. Mm-hmm. It says something about how um, if you want to have an assassination, make it look like they killed themselves, and a fall is the best way. So right there is a prime example of them doing so. And yeah. But they got caught because the second autopsy showed that he wasn't uh, – or he was killed prior to the fall. Well, it might not even – this is injuries. Not, maybe not even killed prior to the fall, but like – I know I went to criminal justice school and there's ways like if you get pushed out of a window, your trajectory is different than if you like if you jump or you mm-hmm. just fall out or if you get pushed. True. Like the trajectory of the fall is a little bit different. Too. And it, it could have been a fight beforehand yeah. too. Like you're not going to easily get pushed out a window. Yeah. So and it's so sad. So he was tripping and they're like, oh, we got to shut him up now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And let's push him out a window. It's so sad. And oh, his family got $700,000. It's crazy, though. Like, there was a settlement. They got paid out. A president apologized. Yep. The CIA director apologized, and yet people still think of MK Ultra as a theory when it's been proven. That's what's interesting. Even in this writing, it says, the findings sparked conspiracy theories that Olsen might have been assassinated by the CIA. He was. He was killed. He, you know, there was injuries. Or else why would he have gotten paid out? Why yeah. would the family gotten paid out? Insane. Why would apologies from the president and the CIA director be given? So the next one's about Ken Kesey and other MK Ultra participants. Ken Kesey, author of 1962 novel One Flew Over a, the Cuckoo's Nest, volunteered for the MK Ultra experiments with LSD while he was a college student at Stanford University. It's pretty interesting that he actually volunteered for it. I can see that, though. You're like, hey, we're going to watch you do some LSD. Yeah. There's a lot of college students that oh, yeah. would agree. That's the crazy thing is there's people that would agree, but they just wanted to see what you would do if you had no idea. Exactly. That's more interesting to them. So Kesey later went on to promote the drug, hosting LSD-fueled parties that he called Acid Test. Acid Test combined drug use with the musical performances by bands including the Grateful Dead and psychedelic effects such as fluorescent paint and black lights. These parties influenced the early development of hippie culture and kickstarted the 1960s psychedelic drug scene. 
Other notable people who reportedly volunteered for the CIA-backed experiments with LSD include Robert Hunter, the Grateful Dead lyricist, Ted Kaczynski, better known as the Unabomber, and James Joseph Whitey Bulger, the notorious Boston mobster. Um, so basically the CIA started the 1960s psychedelic drug scene, if you think about it. That's crazy. And um, there's rumors that Manson was involved with it as well. Mm. There's a book called Chaos, and it's Charles Manson, the CIA, and the Secret History of the 60s. It's written by Dan Pippenbring and Tom O'Neill. I highly recommend looking into that book as well if you want to hear more about all of this because he is convinced that Manson was involved and he has his facts straight. He did so much research before writing this book. Um, I haven't actually read it, but I heard him talk on Joe Rogan, so I want to get that book. But pretty interesting to know about the people who volunteered. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't everybody that wasn't volunteering, but some of the people that did were big names. So church committee. In 1974, New York Times journalist Seymour Hirsch published a story about how the CIA had conducted non-consensual drug experiments and illegal spying operations on U.S. citizens. His report started the lengthy process of bringing long-suppressed details about MKUltra to light. The following year, President Ford, in the wake of the Watergate scandal and amid growing distrust of the U.S. government, set up the United States President's Commission on CIA Activities within the United States to investigate illegal CIA activities, including Project MKUltra and other experiments on unsuspecting citizens. The commission was led by Vice President Nelson Rockefeller and is commonly referred to as the Rockefeller Commission. The Church Committee, helmed by Idaho Democratic Senator Frank Church, was a larger investigation into the abuses of the CIA, FBI, and other U.S. intelligence agencies during and after the resignation of President Richard M. Nixon. The Church Committee delved into plots to assassinate foreign leaders, including Cuban dictator Fidel Castro. It also uncovered thousands of documents related to MKUltra. These revelations resulted in Ford's 1976 executive order on intelligence activities that prohibited experimentation with drugs on human subjects, except with the informed consent in writing and witnessed by a disinterested party of each such human subject. It's just so insane to me that this was a government project and they literally tried to brainwash people. Mm -hmm. They ruined people's lives. And who knows what other lives were ruined that we don't know about, what other projects that we don't know about. It's just so insane. It's crazy that this is worded as a conspiracy theory when it is something that's been admitted and proven as as real, as mm-hmm. true. This happened, you guys. This is not a theory. This is real. And there's so many. I mean, eventually maybe we could talk about other ones, but MKUltra was just one of the CIA projects. You know, there was other projects underneath MKUltra, but there's other ones. There's Operation Paperclip. Like, there's, like, so many. Um, Operation Mockingbird. Like, there's so many other CIA projects that are really sketchy, but yeah. they're true. So we could definitely go into those one day. Because I still think that... Something like this could still be going on. Mind control, in a way. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure they've tested other ways to mind control because the LSD didn't, didn't work. Mm-hmm. But maybe there's other things that they do that we don't know about. I don't know. It's just crazy. It's just crazy it's to crazy. me that this is the CIA. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, sanctioned by the government. Yep. And yet we, you know, not we as in all of us, but there's a lot of us that want to believe the government has our best interest at heart. Yeah. Do they? Yep. Nope. we're talking question no they do not i don't think so and i think it's important that these types of things are well known you know i learned about this a few years ago and 
I wish more people knew about stuff like this. Because when you think CIA, at least when I used to think CIA, I would think, oh, the good guys, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? They help people. They're great. And I'm sure some, some do. But in instances like this, obviously not. And probably funded by the taxes. Mm-hmm. All these experiments funded by the public. Insane. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. And I'm curious if you knew about this at all or if you're just now for the first time hearing about it. DM us. Let us know your thoughts because we always like to hear. I know. And if you have more to contribute, we'd love to hear it too. Um, there's so much more to this conversation that can be had. Oh, so yeah. There's so many more projects we didn't talk about. We just did a few. And if there's something that you want us to talk about, let us know. Mm-hmm. We're always open. And we love to fall down these rabbit holes with conspiracy theories or conspiracy truths, yeah. if you will. So if you liked today's episode and kind of hearing about MK Ultra. Just make sure to leave a five-star review on, on podcast for us, and we definitely really appreciate it. We definitely will. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.